Welcome along to another VCO Esports Studio with myself, Ben Constantinjuris, getting ready for another VCO Pro Sim round three coming up in just an hour's time. And therefore, uh, my green screen is ready for that, although it's blue. So uh, another man with a fantastic background this evening is our guest, who is not only a world famous racing driver, uh, also a sim fanatic and a co-founder of a sim series. So please welcome to the show. Mike Rocky Rockefeller, great to have you with us, Rocky. Firstly, let's go full screen to show what's just sitting to your left-hand side there. Uh, just a subtle placement of one of the most famous trophies in the world. Hey, Ben. Thanks for having me in the show. Yeah, you see, actually, uh, I just put, uh, you know, a white wall would be kind of boring. So I thought it's, uh, it's a little bit nicer to put a helmet and two trophies. Uh, by coincidence, it was uh, just the one from Le Mans and Daytona, so. <laughs> it's, the, it's the only one you could find. It just happens exactly. to be knocking around the house. <laughs> exactly. Um, Rocky, I see you're also wearing the EX cap. So uh, this is kind of your main involvement in, in sim racing is the World EX Championship, which, if you haven't heard, is an electric car that's been built uh, to race on R Factor 2. And the, the series is uh, coming up to its finale. Um, Tell us a little bit more about World RX and why you're involved. Well, um, how it all started, it's actually a long story. I mean, uh, obviously I was involved in, 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 in simulator, uh, let's say sessions in, in real racing quite a lot. I didn't do it too much in private life. Uh, two years ago, two and a half years ago, I started uh, a little bit, you know, because some of my mechanics were involved pretty much um at phoenix and uh yeah they got me into it and and you know since then i'm i'm kind of addicted um but uh, you know when you have three little children time uh, is running fast and you don't have time all all, all that. you don't have enough time to practice enough to be really on the top but uh yeah when i when i got into it i i actually thought it can be a really cool idea and a good opportunity to create their own championship um electric championship like you said so we really want to transport, uh, yeah, sustainability and, and, you know, future mobility. Uh, we would like to entertain the people. Uh, we want to have the combination like many other series, all of, uh, you know, pros and sim racers, the top level, let's say uh, you can reach and, and really good teams. So we have permanent teams and permanent drivers. At least we try, uh, we have, uh, you know, very famous ones like Romar Grosjean, Bruno Senna, and some other guys participating. Nico Müller, he, he did his own team. Uh, Frank Bieler uh, has his own team there uh, placed in our championship. So yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's a, you know, it's always nice to to start something from scratch because you really can influence uh, every little screw. But uh, on the other hand, yeah, it's, it's a lot of learning and, and a lot of, let's say, mistakes you do. But I think overall, we can be happy with, like you said, now having uh, the last round of our World EX Championship. Um, you know, we, we try to be very international with the teams and the drivers and also the tracks, so the locations we choose. And uh, yeah, now to have the, 
the very last race next week uh, at the Nürburgring, um, which is cool because it's also my home track. Uh, it's, I think it's a, it's a great, um, great place to do it. And we have seven guys so far, which will be in the, in the very last final, which will be two laps on the Nordschleife with this car. Um, really cool battle. And at the end, who wins that race is, is basically the world champion or the champion of the World EX. And uh, this is what I'm looking forward to. So I enjoy it a lot. I learned a lot. Um, I still love to obviously race real cars, but uh, it's also something I like to do in my, let's say, off time uh, to create this championship together with Thomas Voigt, who uh, I know since many, many years. Um, he has his own agency with some other guys. Uh, it's called Speedpool. They do a lot of PR work for Audi, um, mainly or Volkswagen Group, Apt. And um, yeah, we had the idea together. So it was not my idea. He actually approached me and then we, you know, got into this and then we basically started it. An ex-boss of mine and probably the last time that you and I uh, spoke or worked together was uh, when uh, working with Thomas. Um, I want to deep dive a little bit into the into the championship because it is so different to uh, what we've seen before. For instance, the championship as a uh, as a points scoring thing is it, very different to what you would normally experience in a, a real championship because you don't score points every race you you score wins and that's why you've got people who have qualified and really the world championship as you mentioned is only decided uh, from that last race around the Nordschleife why mix it up so much and do something so different I think you said it in a way we want it to be very different and and uh, we Again, we will probably change quite some things for next year again, you know, because we learned what works and what doesn't, what people like and don't like. But overall, we had the idea that, uh, let's say, Rallycross is, is really cool, a cool format, which attracts people in real life quite a lot. It's very short and, and you have a winner and losers. Let's say you go through or you don't make it through. And uh, this kind of, you know, approach we had uh, when we thought about the, uh, uh, the whole championship, but also each event. So you have head-to-head -head battles, uh, quick decisions, and uh, at the end, the winner takes it all, let's say, and the loser goes home, which is very different, like you say, and, and for sure you don't, not everybody likes it. But at the end, uh, so far, we can say, even though one driver, let's say, stood out, it was Lasse Sorensen from uh, TK9, Tom Christensen, I forgot, by the way, to mention, uh, anyway, I forgot a lot of people uh, which are involved. The best is to watch our racing. So it's not fair to mention only a few names. But Tom also created his own team, which is uh, really great. I mean, Tom is a huge legend in racing, obviously. And uh, he was uh, one of the first guys to commit. And um, yeah, and Lasse is one of his drivers. And, and he won a lot of races and he's very good. But at the end, we managed, or the championship by itself, managed to have seven guys winning or seven different guys winning uh, so far in those nine rounds. And uh, and now they are for sure in the final. And now at Nürburgring, there's another possibility. Somebody else can make it. So theoretically, we will have eight different guys on the grid. Um, we have, I think, seven guys from five teams so far. So two teams managed to have two guys in. But uh, like you said, we, we approached it very different. I mean, the car is different. It's a thousand horsepower electric car four-wheel drive. Uh, we developed it on our own with R-Factor 2 together and Studio 397, obviously. And um, I think it's, you know, people hate it or like it. That's that's for sure. It's a very difficult car to drive. You can drift it. It's it's 
it's it's kind of odd, but it's what you expect from such a beast in a way. Um, so it's not easy to drive. It's very demanding on the tires. Um, and and uh, and like you said, the format is different as well. And I think we, yeah, we for sure we are we can say we are different. That's for sure. And I think we are unique. And um, and also the format of you know the broadcast. We we learned a lot there. We went from uh, real life to live. And uh, for sure, it's it's too long right now. So we will go to a way shorter format for next season. Um, and we are discussing all these things together with the teams because we believe we only can be successful if the whole group is is happy and and basically um, standing behind the project, right? So we need all the teams, we need the drivers to push it forward. And sim racing is still uh, in its let's say uh, baby steps or baby foot you know, shoes. It's basically starting, in my opinion. It got a huge boost, of course, due to Corona and COVID. That uh, basically there was no real racing. And then for sure it, it flattened out a bit, but I'm, I'm sure it will go up because the future or the possibility for, you know, me, you and everybody around the world, basically to compete against each other uh, at the same time, it, it's so unique and so cool. And uh, I, I really see a lot of potential and also for young drivers to practice, to get into the racing world with a, you know, decent budget compared to what you need in real life. So I, I believe in it. Otherwise, I wouldn't, uh, you know, be doing this. You touched a little bit on the car. Um, I want to just go back to that just quickly because uh, how influential, uh, how influential were you on that car design setup? How much testing did you do, and, and what were your objectives? Obviously, this is a thousand horsepower, this fully electric thing. But as you said, it it does handle quite differently to what you would expect other cars to handle. Like. Um, is that because you wanted it to do that or is that a byproduct of how it's been put together? I think it's a mixture, to be honest. Um, you know, it was not me alone, obviously, like said, Studio 397, we put the figures out, uh, up sports line. Uh, they are very, let's say, experienced in electric uh, motorsport, Formula E, obviously, Extreme E, um, and, and, you know, they were involved. So... The design of the car itself, let's say the shape, uh, came basically from our or from Thomas RCCO history because uh, you know he's coming from slot car racing uh, as a yeah. hobby, as networking, and uh, maybe you know that uh, they, they they always did the, or do the twenty four hours and so on, a whole championship around it. So they did their own rule set to make sure uh, to have kind of a BOP and the same car and a basic chassis and the shape of the car with the, similar to DTM, right? What DTM was doing in the class one time or even before. So you can have some stuff where you are allowed to, to develop and some other stuff is free. So we took that and we, because we, uh, let's say long time, we would love to have also manufacturers with different shapes of the cars, different models, different sounds, uh, to be involved in our championship to promote their let's say future uh, uh, sports car or whatsoever models on the road. Um, and that's why we took, you know, our car as a base to start the championship. The way it handles, I would say part of it is because we wanted it. And part of it is because we couldn't do it any better with the power and the downforce and the tires we have. So for sure, this is also something we can improve slightly step by step. But I think for a first shot, it's it's pretty cool. And like you say, it you know I I did uh, basically all the testing, um, and it 
we started from scratch and it was not easy uh, to to have the car somewhere that it's drivable um, and and still there's stuff we 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 need to we need to further develop for sure but uh, I think it's it's good fun it's very different like you say uh, if you see the racing we have I believe it's it's pretty cool it's it, the car looks fast and it looks difficult to drive in my opinion and uh, I think all the drivers you ask like Frank Bieler I'm sure he hates it uh, definitely <laughs> uh, he's not getting along with it but you need to practice like in others in any other sim racing championship or car or platform you need time you don't jump in and you are the quickest straight away and I think this is a bit and then the setup of your rig the setup of the car let's say I mean we choose uh, like many other championships to use a common setup um, so everybody has the same so there's not too much time spent in developing the setup for each team um, yeah but uh, this is the way it went and for me for an electric car I think it's it's pretty cool and uh, it's pretty fast if you see the lap times uh, this thing is doing and in the real world Mike have you had much experience with electric cars um, well not in racing to be honest not too much other than you know watching stuff and talking to drivers which are involved in Formula E or developing let's say the, the DTM electric you know for the future um in real life yes i i myself have actually or had a audi e-tron um so mm -hmm. i i used to drive that um and it's it's i have to say i really like it to be honest um, i'm not saying that i don't like combustion engines at all I, I really love that as well i love a v8 you know i love to when i this year drove in daytona with with the cadillac it's fantastic and i hope i can do it for many more years in a way but still, we know that the future, all the brands are going electric on the road. So it means that there will be, there is this transition. We cannot stop it. And, uh, and therefore, I was looking for a car which is still giving me, the, let's say, the thrill or the, the passion when I drive it, you know, that it's fast, that it's demanding, that it's really difficult. I think that it's a real beast. And this is for sure the, the Formula E is a bit different right now. Uh, I think it's cool racing, but the car itself is not very fast. Um, and, and obviously we wanted to go a, a different route because I believe that's the future. If you want, let's see, if you see the Porsche Mission R, uh, what they just uh, announced, this is a car which is pretty much exactly what we have already in our championship with the X0. So it goes in the same direction. And I think those, those cars, they will be also quite spectacular to watch. And do you think it's um, something that we will see? I mean, there are obviously manufacturers already bringing cars that exist in the real world into simulating racing and, and big support from the likes of BMW. Some manufacturers more than others, to be honest. I think, uh, for, for instance, I've always been amazed that Audi hadn't been more involved and, uh, and Ford as well are another one that are quite quiet. But then BMW, Mercedes have just started and, and Porsche obviously for years have been very heavily into it. Do you think we'll see cars that only exist in the simulator world um, coming to the fore? A little bit like we saw with the prototypes in, um, in Gran Turismo a few years back. So you are saying basically that, for example, our car could become a real world or a real car, or you think that manufacturers build, uh, let's say, cars like the EX0, which are just existing in the, in the sim world? Okay. 
No, yeah, I don't. Because, I, I, because they're well, talking for a different, they're talking to a different um, audience, aren't they? Audience, not exactly. A car buyer, yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're, well, yes and no. I believe that, um, you know, the sim racing is very unique because it's so realistic. It takes so much time. It's, it's you know, to go and play, um, let's say, Gran Turismo on a PlayStation with plug and play. And um, this, I think, many, many, many people do. And many, many people like to drive their own car or their dream car, let's say, on the racetrack, which I also do in sim racing. I drive cars that I will never drive or I, I never drove in real life because I really like to get the feeling how it is, you know, let's say Formula One or NASCAR or whatsoever. And um, and I don't think there will be too many, but I think, for example, talking about the Porsche uh, uh, Mission R, because it's just, you know, easy to talk about it because people saw pictures and figures about the car. This car would be a perfect fit for, let's say, our championship. You could promote it or the DTM Electric before it goes on the road, before it hits the racetrack, you know, you can already do some racing, some footage, some content um, for the brand, uh, for people which which love esports um, or cars or racing or whatsoever. Um, so I believe there will be a transition. I hope so. I think brands are, like you said, very different, but this is always the case. You know, it depends on the people in the position to decide which route they go. If somebody you know, knows about sim racing or esport um, or whatsoever. Um, maybe he's more into it, or maybe he gets it earlier than others. And then, if somebody like Porsche, BMW, they push it, for sure the others are looking into it. Once the numbers are high enough that it makes sense for everybody, um, basically they will all follow. It's the same with the LMDH now or whatsoever. You know, one brand is going, the other brand is going, the next one is coming, for sure. We are still on a very small scale with what we guys are doing, let's say, in our world here. Um, but I believe there's a, there's a lot of potential and, and it just takes time. We are just sheep following each other and doing what everybody else does. Um, let's talk about, you talk about personalities, let's talk about you as a, as, a, as a simulator driver then. You mentioned that it's only been a few years since you really got into it. Were you a bit of a naysayer? Did you did you not enjoy it before you know the lockdown and the guys from phoenix went oh come on mike no i love i always i mean when i was a kid i, I already played of course playstation Gran turismo colin mcgray uh, i don't know on the computer i played some f1 games but um never to the extent that i did it like a guy like max verstappen or lando norris right because it was also not that advanced and not that connected it was not like everybody was doing it now you know you find almost every driver having something like this at home um and you know battling it out uh just for fun and this i think is new it came in the last i don't know four five six seven eight years i, I have no clue but i was i was not against it at all i just didn't do it you know i had so many other things to do in life at the time that i didn't think about it um, before I bought my own rig or built it uh, with some other guys together. And then, and then uh, I, I really love it. And I totally get it. You know, you get addicted. At the beginning, I was really addicted. Um, now it's, it's more quiet because I have less time to spend and I'm more involved in the background of the World EX Championship. So I'm not driving as much as I used to. Um, but yeah, it's crazy sometimes how many hours you can spend uh, I remember the first time I started on iRacing, um, you know, and then I was driving in 
think it was Lime Rock with a BMW um, a GTE. And uh, I was driving some some session. I don't know where it was. All of a sudden, I, somebody's behind me flashing me. And I look who it is, and it's Frank Bieler. And obviously, I know him long, long time from uh, from Audi LMP1 days in Le Mans. And, uh, and it was so funny, you know, because we were battling there, and I didn't expect him at all to be there. And then I found out that he's doing it so much, and he loves it. And, and this shows it's not something for young people. I'm not saying he's yeah. very old, but, you know, obviously, Frankie is from a different generation. I mean, when he did racing, there was no simulator in, in racing involved at all. And he does it. He has his own team. He loves it. You know, he, he's really good at it. And uh, for me, that shows how, how cool it can be. And not everybody does it, but many guys. And I think no matter what age. So when uh, you do have a chance to get on your rig and put the headphones on and blank out the crying babies in the background. I'm not sure. I've just had a newborn, so I don't know if it's yours or mine, but I can hear somebody crying in the background. No, it's um, not crying. Then, then it cannot be mine, but there's for sure some voices from, because I have two boys, seven and uh, five, and uh, one one daughter, she's just about to be one year old. So there's quite something in the background for sure. So, um, yeah, so when you put your headphones on and, and you get yourself into a session, what's kind of, What's your go-to now? You mentioned you like driving um, cars that you perhaps haven't experienced in the real world. So uh, do you go and do rallycross? Do you go and do the stadium super trucks and things like that? I didn't do too much. I did some rallycross, um, not super trucks or NASCAR, nothing like that yet, because honestly, I didn't have the time to, to spend the proper time. Um, uh, so, yeah, I, I need to de definitely do that. But uh, so far, like I said, at the beginning, it was really GT, LMP, and now it's more the EX uh, Zero because I have to do setups, I have to do this and that, uh, do some videos for onboard stuff to present the track. So this already takes a lot of time. I think now in the winter time, I will find more time to, to spend and uh, for sure to experience new stuff. Some Formula One cars, IndyCar I did. So yeah. For sure that's already a lot and then tracks maybe i've never been to so very cool yeah it does sound like it's a, it's a job for you right now rather than a bit of pleasure um your eldest boy seven years old has he had a chance behind the rig yet both of them actually i mean they sit on my uh chest but they basically uh uh i mean i have to be careful obviously with this rig because the force you know you can adjust uh, so i, I <laughs> yeah. scale it down but uh, still, the little, the, the older one is, is steering on his own and he gets it. The little one, I steer with him, but they love it and they love to watch. And uh, I actually built them a little one out of wood. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have a picture. They sit next to each other. They both have a steering wheel, pedals and a PlayStation and then one screen. So they play uh, cars, Lightning McQueen, they love. So they do that a little bit and some, some Gran Turismo once in a while. Now, I know that motorsport dads, whether it be commentator dads like mine or, or racing driver dads, don't really want their children getting into motorsport, they say. But it happens eventually. Do you see the future for them as sim racing before getting into cars or karting? Is this a replacement for the really expensive world of karting that has kind of... Certainly when I was karting, and I don't think we're too far apart in age, it wasn't quite as ridiculously expensive as it has it's become now. You are absolutely right. Um, it's ridiculous how much money you have to spend now. 
it's uh, but that's not the only reason i'm not such a fan of obviously having my kids uh, being involved in racing you know everything is changing i think it's a difficult world a difficult world it always has to be to get a job as a driver but for sure it's not getting easier in the future but still it's i love this you know it's it's my life it's my passion and and for sure if one or two of them they also want to do it i i would love to to find a smart way for me a smart way would be to do both but to do the karting on a lower level that you can afford it more as a hobby you know to go out have maybe your own go-kart and and go out testing and do maybe some club sport racing whatsoever and really use the sim when they are a bit bit older because even they did some go-karts on the r factor 2 they they really like that as well and they have they both have done some indoor uh, go-karting but not too much and and uh, i think if i would be my, if it's not my kids, but if I advise somebody how to prepare your racing career, I would definitely do the sim racing as one of the elements, uh, which I never had, because you learn how to race uh, against each other. This is what I really like about it. You are as tense and, and as nervous. Of course, it's different to crash a real car compared to this one. But uh, when you overcome that, you take it as it is a real race. And uh, you learn so much about strategy, how to position your car, you know, when to push, when to take care at the start and so on. So I think it's very important to learn tracks. Um, And then you see already many examples that there are guys which are really good in a real world world racing and, and they come really from sim racing only. I think the mixture is good. I think when you learn to to drive a go-kart and you know you 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 also get the feeling for the real speed because this is a bit what is missing here i would say uh, of course you see it visually but but it's different when you are on a go-kart track and you are driving on the ground and let's say you go off and you hit the tires i think all that uh, is important but overall i think you can re- relatively cheap overcome a lot of the real racing you have in the past you had to do yeah i will never forget as a eight-year-old the first experience of going into a corner getting onto the grass and sliding and knowing that i wasn't in control and there was a barrier coming up and you you, it's a a unique sensation you'll never get in sim racing exactly that's 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 my point but and then at a certain stage obviously you have to make the step to the to the real racing but um, yeah i think it's it's awesome what you can achieve, uh, how close it is nowadays. And, and even there's still, you know, the sim racing, the platforms are improving all the time. I mean, sometimes I have to be honest, I have been in real simulators, let's say real simulators, I mean by manufacturers or whatsoever. Mm. And I think they were worse than what I have here in some platforms, right? So that means you see how much effort is spent in, uh, at each manufacturer to, to be as close as they can to the real world. Uh, obviously, the tire model is, is one of the most difficult ones to hit right. Um, and then you, if you have the right figures, they, 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 they are very close with all the cars right now. But um, yeah, I, I think it's great. And, and even there will be uh, much more development in the future. Rocky, as always, um, you and I could speak all night, but uh, we've uh, got other things to do, including the VCO Pro Sim Series coming up uh, very, very shortly. So, uh, Mike Rockefeller, thank you very much for joining us on the VCO Esports Studio, and I hope that last round of World EX goes well.
Thank you, man. Have fun. As always, great guests on the esports studio, whether it be real world drivers, pro sim drivers, or organizers, and Rocky falls in all three of those categories. Uh, make sure you join us for the VTO Pro Sim, 8 o'clock on Tuesday. It's going to be 7 o'clock uh, for the final round, round four, uh, so we don't uh, clash with World uh, EX. Uh, and you'll be able to go straight from the final round of Pro Sim to the final round of World EX on the VTO uh, channel on YouTube. And until, well, if you've got a bit of time, we've got 65 chat shows that you can uh, listen to on your favourite uh, podcast platform or watch on YouTube. Uh, and uh, make sure you do download them. Uh, and before next week, I hope, uh, well, I'll say goodbye for now and uh, hope you enjoy your sim racing. Bye bye.